This is the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. And once again, I'm joined by my guy, the score's lead betting analyst, Mr. Matt Russell. We're here. We're back. The NFL season is here. How are you feeling, my dude, as we venture in on yet another season of whole grain goodness that is the NFL? You know, we did the show last week previewing everything, and I said how excited I was and how sort of nervous I was for this season. And I don't know if it's because of, like, the Labor Day weekend and all college football. You know, you got the big LSU-FSU game on Sunday night. You know, uh, Duke sends Davo into just utter sadness on Monday night. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, wait a second. We're right in the middle of an NFL week. We're not even like at the start of an NFL week, like Tuesday. Tuesday is like, we are we are going. Now you have these teams, obviously, they're starting to practice today being, uh, you know, Wednesday afternoon. And it's like, okay, we're getting injury updates. And like, is this guy practicing? Is that guy practicing? Like, these guys haven't even played, basically. You know, a lot of guys haven't played in the preseason. Like, these guys haven't even played. How are we dealing with injuries? Shouldn't everybody be fresh? Like, what's going on here? And it's like, oh, man, we are going when it comes to some of this injury stuff. And, like, I I mean, I'm ready for it. But at the same time, like, whew, I got sort of lulled into a false sense of security there with college football just kind of being fun for a weekend. Right. Now it's business time. It's it's down to business. I know it's episode two. Huge shouts to the people that checked out episode one of this a Clutch Picks sports betting podcast. Really appreciate you guys for tuning into that. Obviously, we broke down the futures in both the AFC and NFC, but this is a real start of the season because this is where we get back to business for the people that might be unfamiliar with what we do here. As I said, if you're brand new, where you been? We've been here before. We've been here for a few years. The name might be a little different. The colors might be a little different. But the two schmucks here going back and forth, the vibes are still the same. And the vibes are trying to win bets. So for people that might not know what we do here, I come in. I give you the pick. I give you what I'm thinking, where I'm leaning, what I think my pick will be. And then Matt comes in with the information and education on where the line was, where it is, where it could be going, heading into kickoff. And the importance of that is, on the flip side, hey, sometimes he convinces me to switch my pick, and sometimes I'm an idiot and I don't listen. But that's the beauty of the show, because we try to really discuss and suss out the reason behind the pick. Because it's more than just tossing out and saying, hey, I'm on this line or that line, this side or that side why I'm all about the why my friend and you know what last year i'd say we did pretty well for ourselves <laughs> yeah last year the sheldon it. says with picks, the record i mean the sheldon says picks last year do i have a graphic of that i do have a key of that 161 113 and 10 161 113 and 10 kids scoring at home for the the mathematicians at home that's a 58% kids. Yeah. I yeah. will take that and run every single year, but I won't lie. That has me, the juice is flowing a little, a little hyped up right now to try and do it again this season. <laughs> Matt, I know there might be people tuning into this for the first time, hearing us for the first time, but do you want to kind of just take a little second to let people in on how we might get to said pick or how 
the things that I might be missing when you're trying to convince me to switch my pick, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we talk about how, you know, we have our own sort of language. I mean, as betters, we have our own sort of language on this podcast and with what I do over at The Score. We're trying to sort of um, not start necessarily. This isn't rocket science by any means. This isn't like, you know, evolutionary. But like, what we're, we'll talk about these teams uh, and their rating. Right. And the idea of like every team is kind of rated out of 100. And it's just the easiest way to communicate with somebody, you know, from a quantitative standpoint, like how you feel about a team. Like you and I could be sitting at a, on a bar stool, uh, not on the same bar stool, that'd be strange, but next to each other. And we'd be talking about like this team or that team and like how we feel about this team or that team. And maybe there's an injury evolve, involved and we'll be talking about that with this first game coming up, certainly. But like, you know, you go, okay, well, I think this team's like, like, worse than this other team or i think because this guy's out this team is you know this that's problematic where is if you can quantify that even just to explain to people you know the difference especially when we come when we're talking about point spreads right we're talking about yeah. valuations all these teams have valuations in comparison to each other but they have valuations comparison to, uh, compared to the rest of the league and so basically when we talk about a team out of 100 that's just a rating that we give now we can use that to extrapolate into point spreads. And again, I write about that over at the score and that's you know a little bit more complicated when it comes to mathematical theory. But just know that when we're talking about a team out of 100, it is literally just honestly kind of a throwback to like the grades you got back in school, right? You get that paperback, whether it was a math quiz, maybe you got 75 out of 100, maybe you wrote an essay and you got 75 out of 100, right? This is a combination of those two things, right? I don't know why I got 75 out of 100 on an essay. Like, that, like what? You just kind of made that grade up right whereas like i'm you know a test math science whatever where if you got 75 right out of 100 you can at least understand that a little bit better so we're trying to meld those two together because sports is math but sports is also like the qualitative right sports is an essay it's also a math test right so that's basically you know kind of how we talk or how i talk and, and hopefully you know can convey sort of how teams ratings change given their circumstance each each week um so you know just to kind of intro that for the rest of the season well you know we're we're going to be touching on a lot this season so um just to get those who are new into into sort of the vibe here and the uh, vocabulary if you will that's uh, that's what we're talking about yeah and, and the thing that i appreciate the most or the thing that we, i try to get across here is the multiple ways that you're we're able to talk about the game you know we'll try to break down like obviously the the football side of it but then yeah, the as you just mentioned there's obviously the math side to it the analytical side to it and all of those things come into play with the point spread and trying to win bets so yeah. <laughs> right that's what we try to do here so let's get this show on the road let's get things going here and as always we start with thursday night football and it's not just any thursday nighter it's the first thursday nighter of the year and we've got the lions at the chiefs this line is chiefs minus four and a half and if you follow me on this pod if you've been around with us and been rocking i alluded to it earlier i alluded to it last week I like to bet on the Chiefs, right? I like the fact that if you're coming down towards the end of the game, no matter what's going on, if you need points, you want Patrick Mahomes on your side trying to get said points. Whether you're trying to cover a spread, right? That's what you're trying to do. I like that fact. So you're telling me it's minus four and a half. This line, I'm pretty sure, was around six and a half, which I'm sure you'll get to, with the injury news of Travis Kelsey and what's gone on over the last few days. So be weary of that. But 
as of now, we don't know if he's going to play or not. At four and a half, though, I really like the Chiefs at this because at six and a half, I was like, you're tempting me, Vegas. I know what you're doing. Not putting it at a touchdown. You're putting it at six and a half, tempting me, and I was going to be the sucker all over it. So at four and a half, let's go. The Chiefs always start the season off really, really well. And I think this might just be, if Kelsey doesn't play, this is an opportunity for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, to take on another challenge, make things a little more interesting to start the season because they got to do a little more without Kelsey and see how things go. Now, of course, it's going to be difficult to do. Not saying it's going to be easy. Of course, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the Lions will be ready. But I still have this thing, as we kind of touched on last week, it's the Lions. I'm not falling for all this Lions hype, regardless of what happens on this Thursday night game. I'm not falling for all of this. So I am gladly on the Chiefs, minus four and a half. What say you, my friend? I think the whole like not falling for it thing is always a good attitude, right? I don't think we should fall for anything in week one. I think when we talk about week two, you know, fast forward to next week, there's going to be a lot of like, don't fall for this, don't fall for that. Mm -hmm. That being said, that 58% record that you talked about, that was despite the fact that you kept taking the Chiefs. Not because you kept taking the Chiefs last year, because basically as long as you and I have been doing this, which is going on four years now, they are below 500 against the spread. So like all of that sort of concept, right, that you sort of spun there, which is all very eloquently put, doesn't really add up when it comes to actually betting on the Chiefs because they consistently win, but mm -hmm. don't cover. And so, of course, this game is an individ you know, individual into of itself, right? None of that stuff really matters all that much, except for that we know that people like to bet the Chiefs, which you did, again, such a good job of <laughs> displaying or, or being an example of. This game obviously becomes a lot more interesting. You mentioned that, obviously, the point spread going down from 6.5 uh, to 4.5. I love the Lions at 6.5. I love the Lions at plus 7 early on in the season. We'll talk a little bit more about the difference between week 1 and week everything else uh or basically right up until week 18 that uh, that the challenges that this week provides but let's put it this way okay they you know first of all we're kind of quote-unquote guessing we saw the line move which i think is a relatively significant move um based on the kelsey injury but like why would the chiefs play travis kelsey in this game right like that doesn't really make any sense if they lose a non-conference right a game to an nfc team whether that's week one or week 10, that's not really going to change their fortunes for the season. You know what would change their fortunes for the season? Travis Kelsey on an already swelled up knee running around playing in an NFL football game, you know, when he only played, obviously limited snaps in the preseason. So I don't think he's playing in this game. But to me, the key here, I shouldn't say the key because, you know, listen, we don't know what we've got, what the Chiefs have offensively if they don't have Travis Kelsey. Right. And so I have to assume there's probably a significant downgrade, but I can kind of only guess to what that is. To me, the other big issue here is Chris Jones, who is basically a defensive player of the year candidate. Right. He's like top five, top six in the odds board. And like, no, until this Kelsey injury happened, like it seemed every, like everybody was just kind of content with this line being six and a half. And we'll never know whether it was going to like it was going to occur to anybody through this you know, past Tuesday up until game time. Again, if Travis Kelsey was healthy, that Jones matters. And so they played basically six games without Jones and meaningful games. There's obviously week 18, week 17 games where he has sat in the same way that Patrick Mahomes has sat in the same way that Travis Kelsey has sat. And they've played six games without Chris Jones in the past. And they've gone two and four in those games. And the two wins that they had were against the Denver Bronco Joe Flacco version, 
Do you even mm -hmm. remember Joe Flacco as a Denver Bronco? I mean, if you don't, it's okay because it was a bleeping horror show. I try to blank out most of Joe Flacco, to be honest. It's totally be honest. fair, right? But this wasn't even like the fake, like it was going good in Baltimore, Joe Flacco. Like he was uh, throwing you remember, for the best. If you remember, that was against my Niners in the Super Bowl. And so other than Beyonce, <laughs> I'd kind of blank out that whole part too. Well, listen, I mean, there was a literal blackout in that game, so I can understand how you sort of feel that way. And by the way, that other quarterback that they beat, that the G Chiefs defense beat, was Taylor Heineke. And we've, you know, and that was what, for very early stages, Taylor Heineke. And like, Taylor Heineke, early stages, middle stages, late stages, none of those Heineke's have been very good. And so they basically got smoked in those other four games, giving up an average of over 30 points a game in those games. And so I look at it and I go, okay, is Jared Goff and De the Detroit Lions here, a team who I think is going to score a ton of points this year. We talked about them potentially getting having the most points um, this season. Are they Taylor Heineke and Joe Flacco? Or are they some of these other teams, Buffalo, Houston with Deshaun Watson, Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill. are they closer from an offensive standpoint, you know, in that of that version? I think that's probably, you know, the category that we would put them in. And so I don't know if they're going to get 35 points necessarily or 34 points, but their team total is 23 and a half. Love that. I think they're clearing that. And then it's like, okay, if they're going to get 24 points, if they're going to get 30 points, right? And by the way, their average last year in the last nine uh, weeks of the season was around 30 points as well. And so I kind of think the Lions have a real good chance of putting up 30 points against the Chiefs. And now normally you'd be like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, let's see it. If Travis Kelsey's not there, are they going to be able to keep up with the Lions? And I know that's kind of this crazy thing to sort of say out loud. Can the Chiefs keep up with the Lions? But this version of the Chiefs, what are they? without Travis Kelsey, without Chris Jones. And so when we talk about ratings, right, they were the highest rated team coming into, into the season, highest win total, all that good stuff, right? And so un under our sort of out of 100 um, rating system, essentially 80 is like kind of the highest you can get before you get into like historically awesome territory, i.e. like the Patriots when they went un undefeated in the regular season. You know, the the Broncos were pretty close when uh, Peyton Manning was throwing for like 50 million touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. So the Chiefs are about a 73 out of 100. And again, that's for, that's tops in the league. Without Kelsey and without Jones, where do you sort of slot them in, right? And so you kind of go, I look at the numbers and I go, okay, well, let's look at some other teams, right? The Bengals in the low 70s, the Eagles in the high 60s, the Bills in the high 60s, the, the Ravens, the, the 49ers on a neutral field without Kelsey, without Chris Jones, are the Chiefs better than any of those teams? Or at least should they be favored against any of those teams if this was like a weird week one Super Bowl situation? I think we'd have a hard time saying that considering we had the Chiefs, what, minus one against the Eagles when Patrick Mahomes was able to play and Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey were playing in that Super Bowl. If those two guys, again, arguably their second and third, I don't even know if it's that arguable, their second and third best players, if those guys are out. I'm sorry, I have them rated below the Ravens, below the 49ers, honestly, below the Cowboys. And then we start getting into like chargers. I kind of have them lower than the, than a full strength chargers team right now. And so this version where it's Patrick Mahomes throwing to a bunch of guys that are like, honestly, probably a little bit more wide open because Travis Kelsey's out there and he exists. And the chiefs defense is so much better because Chris Jones is getting double teamed. And even when he's getting double teamed, he's getting 15 and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position. 
where do I have this team now? And I kind of have them now in the like mid to high 50s amongst the Jets, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Steelers, like those sorts of teams. Mm -hmm. And obviously we don't know how that's going to turn out. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe Travis Kelsey just doesn't matter all that much. Maybe the Lions defense is really bad. Maybe their offense is incredibly disappointing. Again, against a Chiefs defense that has never been all that great with Chris Jones and certainly was legitimately bad without Chris Jones. And so when I slide them sort of further and further down the, uh, the ratings here and I pop in like a 57 out of a 100 type of a rating, my number becomes chiefs minus two. Hmm. So it's like, okay, if the lions were playing the dolphins, for example, it'd be dolphins minus two. If they're, if they're facing the Cowboys, it'd be the Cowboys minus two. So I certainly can't, advocate for a Chiefs minus four and a half I think there's still room to go here and because uh, Kelsey hasn't been ruled out for this game just just yet at least as far as we know from uh, when we're recording this I think there's some room to go here I think this goes under four I don't know that it goes to three necessary because I think there's certainly enough people who are like yeah Chiefs uh, they won the Super Bowl raising the banner first night Listen, one of the Chiefs biggest like we're here type games was knocking off the Patriots in New England after the Patriots won the Super Bowl a few years back. Like, this happens where the team coming back doesn't necessarily, you know, win the game. And they certainly don't need the game. A team that needs the game or a team that's going to consider this game like their own little Super Bowl, it's your man Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, right? Like, they would have guys out there who are questionable, who are not necessarily fully healthy and raring to go. I like the Lions here. I think they win this game outright. I think it's certainly worth the play on the money line at plus... 200 or better certainly taking the points plus four and a half is fine by me there's some fives out there right now anything down to honestly like plus four is good by me here with the lions and like i said we'll, we'll sprinkle some on the money line we're gonna get the round robin underdog money line parlay going with a lions win here on thursday night i think so you just answered my question and i don't have it right now but we're back we're back. Okay. We're changing the pick. We're changing the pick. You just answered my question, though. My question was going to be, normally in the scenario like this where now it's four and a half and it was six and a half, and if I was going to take the Lions, normally that's a scenario where it might be, uh, I'd hesitate because like, oh, I could have had them at six and I sure. only had them at four. But with everything you just said, totally answered my question there because it's not even about covering the spread or what the spread's going to be. This is a Lions move all in all to just the lions are going to outright win this game and the the other thing beyond that that i think is more important to to really understand the chiefs are a team in which as you said they don't need this game and i think that that is a valuable thing to keep in mind as we you know we 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 live and die football and we have all these things it's like it's week one right? yeah not a divisional game and the the lions getting hyped up for this makes a lot more sense for sure than it does the chiefs without travis kelsey because you're right there's no way travis Kel like why yeah. would you play travis kelsey that'd be criminal right i don't want anybody to think like oh the chiefs are going to try any less hard because <laughs> it's week you know because it's week one and they don't no, necessarily no, 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 need no. it my point is like why would you risk travis kelsey and all in your entire future of the season on this one game right that's mm -hmm. why i'm saying like 
my bet right now, my sort of the first leg of this sort of implicit parlay is that Travis Kelsey isn't going to play. And if he does, like, I don't necessarily love him as like being at full health and like being fully effective. And if the line goes back up to six and a half, like I'm going to like the Lions in that case too. I just think, and again, the key here, and they're going to probably mention him a ton on the broadcast, is offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and what he's done with this offense, the Lions offense, over the course of the last nine games of the season, right? That, te- that team, that offense was cooking. This isn't Kansas City in December. This is not Kansas City in January, right? It is hot everywhere, right? Like, we're, mm-hmm. everybody is fully warm. We don't have to worry about Jared Goff out in the cold. And if we don't have to, have to worry about Jared Goff being under pressure because their best pressure getter on the Chiefs isn't out there, then like Jared Goff's going to be able to do whatever he wants out there. And then it's going to be up to, like I said, Patrick Mahomes to match that. And if Travis Kelsey isn't there for all of those safe third down conversion type plays, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. I know that sort of it sounds a little bit crazy, but from a value standpoint here, over a field goal, money yeah. lineup plus 200. And to me, it's a bet on the Lions. Yeah, and this is a perfect example for the people new to the pod to see what happens. I make the pick at the beginning. We talk it out. We come out on the other end more informed, at least, with whatever side I'm going to be on then. And, hey, lines plus four, it's over a field goal. Everything you just said, it makes a whole lot of sense. And that's why I enjoy this ride so much, because I feel like I learned something here. So let's keep things going here as we move on to Sunday's action, as we got the Eagles at the Patriots. Um Four points, we're right in that same spot. Four points, four and a half, five points. What we love to call the Vegas the Vegas zone, shouts to Bill Simmons. But I love this right here because there's some themes I love about this. I love always being on the side of the Patriots at home and Belichick at home. But Belichick and this rebuilt defense, I feel like their defense is going to be really good this year and that's going to be huge. I love Belichick scheming up against... Uh, a quarterback that obviously gave the league a lot of trouble last year. But if there's someone who can maybe slow them a little, slow down the offense a little, might be the Patriots in this defense. Now, it's only four points, and I get that. But I'm going to take the points here because the other side of this is the Eagles. I'm not on the Eagles big this year at all. I feel like if there's going to be a team that regresses, it could be them. Tougher schedule. You're not surprising anyone as much you have a harder schedule this year than you did last year which if anyone listened to our super bowl uh podcast from last year one of the things we talked about was not the soft sched because you play who's on your on your schedule but it wasn't really heavy hitters that the eagles were facing this year patriots aren't heavy hitters but they'll be ready for game one and so that's why i'm on the new england patriots plus four Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of elements here, and I'm not going to stop you from taking the Patriots plus four. I don't have a bet on this game, and so this is sort of at the moment kind of a pass for me. But, you know, by the time the game rolls around, maybe there's some late Eagles action. There's always late Eagles Sunday betting, right? So we might be able to get a four and a half, maybe a five, something like that. I mean, who knows? It's the Eagles. Might go to six. There's a couple of things here that, you know, from a macro standpoint, that's really interesting, right? One, from from a micro standpoint, like, what's more likely to be surprising, right? Like, are the Eagles going to be surprisingly good? I don't seem all that likely. We already think the Eagles are pretty good, right? Or are the Patriots going to be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad? And to me, like, it's more likely that they're going to be surprisingly good 
then surprisingly bad. And so if these teams are rated kind of the way that they were at the end of last season, which is, you know, like some of the Patriots are getting some crazy rating, right? They're a seven and a half win team juiced to the over plus 120. So essentially a 7.25 out of out of 17 games or a, a rating literally right around league average at, mm-hmm. at sort of like 49 out of 100. And so like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see that. The other thing with the Eagles is the, the, psycholo- the psychology in betting the Eagles, right? Where they're like, a few weeks or maybe a season away from like landing in that chief zone for, for you. And I don't mean necessarily you specifically, but like the way you will ref- yeah. you know, always bet on the chiefs or want to bet on the chiefs. Like, but it's, it's not that it's built on, on kind of nothing. Right. But it, like you mentioned the soft schedule. And so the, th- the scary part about betting the chief, or, excuse me, but the Eagles is you go, okay, well, like they have these great corners. They have these great defensive linemen. Like the offensive line is really good. Like, you know, the quarterback, you're getting, they're getting first downs whenever they want. They play a four down offense, right? We talked about that last week with a few of these teams. A.J. Brown is great. Devontae Smith is great, et cetera, et cetera. But like, were we saying that about the roster at this time last season, hmm. right? Like it wasn't like we were, everybody's like, yeah, look at how loaded the Eagles roster is, right? It was like, oh yeah, like Cowboys for the division and like, you know, Eagles were a playoff team, but we're not sure about Jalen Hurts. And yeah, like a season went by and Jalen Hurts proved, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, that he can that he can run that offense, especially, you know, via the pass. But it's like everybody on the Eagles got better because of the season that they had. But the season that they had, like you mentioned, was against this like pretty you know, relatively easy schedule where it was like even Cooper Rush coming into Philadelphia and like they went to Dallas and yeah, they didn't have Jalen Hurts for that game. So it's like they kind of got a pass for losing that game. And then when we finally thought they might have a, a sort of an interesting game against San Francisco, like Brock Purdy, you know, breaks his arm and, jo- and I mean, the quarterback situation Again, you know, went to high do, hell. Do we really have to bring these things back? Then, up then? Sorry, but like all these things are very important Jeez. because you look at it and you go like, yeah, like are these are is Darius Slay awesome or is he on his second team and he's had a really good season last year because we watched him intercept Kirk Cousins a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. And so like this, I'm, I, I don't want to besmirch the good name of the Eagles and have people th- say like, oh, he's like trashing the Eagles here. It's more just like we watched you know twenty games of the Eagles, like one of them was difficult, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The last one against the Chiefs. And they've lost both their coordinators. And, like, I'd like to think that that matters. And it's almost in a weird way, kind of like TCU, Colorado, where Colorado had to replace, or didn't have to replace a bunch of players, but they replaced a bunch of crappy players with a bunch of good players. Mm -hmm. So the the Patriots replaced their crappy offensive coordinating situation with, like, an actual offensive coordinator. So, like, who knows how high we should be bumping the Patriots because they went from, like, legitimate – personnel to illegitimate personnel in that position <laughs> whereas the eagles lost you know the eagles are like tcu or tcu loses all these guys because they went to the nfl and they're up in the portal getting all these guys and it's like yeah you're replacing pros from that team whereas like the eagles are replacing now head coaches now who knows how well those head coaches do in their new locations that's to be determined but they're p- replacing the guys they want in that position with guys that they've had to essentially select from the rest of the pile. And so maybe that doesn't matter. But again, the point is, is like, what's more likely to happen, right? Eagles disappoint or Eagles impress. And then what's more likely Patriots disappoint or the Patriots impress? Like based on where we have these teams rated, to me, yeah, like the Patriots on a bet here does kind of make sense. It's just hard for me. I kind of rather see it before, you know, I make a play on the Patriots. Yeah. 
No, I totally get it. Like, I'll try totally it get it. Week when they, I'm quickly skimming, skimming to see they play. You know, I, I'm a little bit more interested in them. Maybe at home next week against Miami, probably getting some points there, right? If they can yeah. show that they can move the football here uh, against the Eagles. So not a game that I'm super pumped about, but like I can't get in the way of you betting the Patriots. Give me the Pats plus four. Give me all the Belichick points at home. Let's go. Uh, also, we got my Niners on the road in Pittsburgh. I feel like everyone and their moms are on the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Um, Niners, two-point favorites on the road. I get it. I understand it. I like it. But back to the Steelers here. I get that they finished the season hot. I get that Kenny Pickett, people are feeling like they can buy into him now. I get it. Cool. But I know the Niners are trusted and built, and they are who the Steelers want to be. They're not there yet, but they are who the Steelers want to be. My guy Brock Purdy just has to take care and share the rock, and it'll be all good. Niners on the road. They slipped up early last year, if you remember, in Chicago. That didn't go well. I have a feeling that if you're Shanahan and company, you're reminding your squad about that, right, and just being ready to start the season. So Brock Purdy's got to be itching to get back, especially after how last season ended. So give me the Niners on the road, minus two. That's where I'm riding. That's where I'm rolling. Listen, San Francisco 49er fan, Sheldon Alexander likes the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for me to talk you out of this, but, like, the Steelers are going to win this game. Steelers <laughs> are winning this game on Sunday. They have the better quarterback, and they're going to win the, they're, go, they're, they're going to win this game. And, listen, Brock Purdy didn't see anything like the Steelers' defense and a road game in Pittsburgh, right? Like this is mm-hmm. this is as much as like Facts. he was involved, right? Like this is new territory for Brock Purdy, who, you know, by the way, like spent the off season not at 100%, like running through, you know, throwing and, and working with everybody and this, that, and whatever, right? He was working on his health for most mm-hmm. of the season and then got cleared, obviously, what, like halfway through camp to sort of get into the mix here. Um, this has just like, this, I mean, listen, I grabbed this plus three when it came out. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody cares, right, about the, the line that you got back in, like, May or June, right? And that's what that's the yeah. difference between week one. Because normally, you know, this season, literally every other week this season, you and I will come on. We record this podcast on a Wednesday, and we'll be talking about the lines that have been up for two days, right? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of sneak by. Uh, in two days when there's sort of like a wacky line, right? There's going to be another one that we're going to talk about actually in a very similar situation where a plus three went away, but was around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is, you know, for week one. We've been like, these lines have been up for months, right? And so like the plus three was up for as long as it can kind of be. And then once people realize that Kenny Pickett's actually probably pretty good, four-year starter, very similar to Brock Purdy in college. Mm-hmm. And then obviously like comes in last year and it's like, is, are we going to start him right away? Are we not going to start him? Like we got Mitch Trubisky involved and it's just like, you're watching Mitch Trubisky and it's bad. And like Mitch Trubisky was involved in games and TJ Watt was not involved in games. And so, yeah, like the Steelers are going to have a bad record in that circumstance, right? Like, of course, now they have Kenny Pickett full season, healthy, like running the offense. You saw he's capable of making these throws in limited action in the preseason. We saw that he's able to do it. You know, everybody's talking about George Pickens, like Deontay Johnson's a pretty good wide receiver. If he catches the ball a little bit better, which, you know, again, fingers crossed, we're always kind of hoping that's going to be the case. 
right? Mm-hmm. And again, TJ Watt is one of them in the other direction, right? And I think they were what seven and two, something along those lines, when TJ Watt was in. And so we talked about the 49ers and being sort of wondering, like, oh, what's the deal with the market? Not necessarily loving them at like an 11 and a half, 11 win as an 11 win team when 11 and six seems like kind of a pedestrian year for the 49ers. 11 and 6 means there's six losses somewhere on the schedule. And I think one of those losses comes in week one against the Steelers. Even though like the plus three is long gone, I don't think it's gonna matter, man. Steelers money line. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I can't wait. I'm I'm hyped up for that game on Sunday at 1 p.m. for sure. Not really that hyped up about this game, but I still watch it. It'll still pop up on red zone and I'll be in seeing what's going down. We got the Jags as five point favorites in Indy. Another Vegas zone alert early and often here. And I'm going to be honest, most often than not, I would be taking the points right in the Vegas zone. Most often than not, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on here, right? I can't take the Colts as home dogs. I'm struggling with this early. I need, I need to see the Colts before I just buy into, I'm going to take them as home dogs here. I know the Jags have massive letdown potential for how their season went last year. We discussed that last week on the pod for sure. To be honest, I don't really know what to make of the Colts. I really want to see them play. This really just comes down to not wanting anything to do with the stench of what's going on with Jim Ursay and Jonathan Taylor and just like what's going on with this team. I want to see Anthony Richardson play. I want to see how that plays out at least for week one. I don't like laying five points on the road with the Jags. I really don't. But there's too much unknown with the Colts right now. So for that reason, that's why I'm with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm going to guess you don't like it either. I, I I don't. Only because you're saying all the right things, but you're sort of, you're mm-hmm. going away from some of the principles that we kind of like to talk about. And what I mean by that is you're like, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty. Like, that's the reason why I like the Colts because of that <laughs> uncertainty. And by the way, the fact that like, we don't have to make, I don't have a bet on this yet. I think there's a chance we could get ourselves up to six, by at some point. And so when okay, I put together okay. like the ratings, right. We talked about the idea of the ratings out of 100. Right. And so I have my own ratings, right. That I create, obviously there's eye tests, there's uh, statistical analysis, all that stuff. But there's also a thing called market ratings, right? And that's using the market information that we have to make the ratings for these teams, right? And so one of the things that we have is season win totals. And the other thing that we have is the week one point spread. And those to- those two, after some calculus is involved to kind of make them make it make sense, as you might say, like they often kind of stay, you know, with one another, right? So like the Cardinals spread, you know, we'll get to that game, but the Cardinals spread goes from five and a half to seven their win total goes down because it's like, well, if you like them less week one, you're going to like them less over the course of the season, right? Like those two things sort of go hand in hand. They don't sort of go in hand. They should go in hand. They do. Yeah. Yeah. They just do. Um, So when it comes to the Colts here, so the market ratings here, and we've got what the Jags as a, why am I not finding it? There it is. Uh, Like a nine and a half win team essentially mm-hmm. right and the colts are like a six and a half win team you take the jags you put them on the road you know you, you they're both obviously in the same division here the line should probably be around jags minus three right maybe some three okay. and a half and so what and that's what the line was right when we talk about all these lines that you know people can get in may and june or whatever jags yeah. minus three was available now you're not sitting there with the jags minus three and a half ticket and going like oh man look at all this sweet like i got 
four, right? I win on four and I wouldn't have won. Now, listen, the game might end on four. I'm not saying that that's like an impossibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any stretch of imagination. But what has happened from for this to move to, you know, to minus five? A lot of kind of like bad news out of the Colts, right? It's like Jonathan Taylor, essentially no longer with the team. Maybe people didn't necessarily love Anthony Richardson's preseason performance, right? But if it's the second part, like, aren't we getting into that point where it's like, really, we're going to judge Anthony Richardson by the preseason, a guy who is capable. I mean, it'd be one thing if he was like throw the ball only type of a guy, but a guy who is capable of running and being a problem for a Jags defense that wasn't particularly good last season. Right. And so like, there's enough here that the Colts can do with Anthony Richardson's legs that like, they probably weren't even trying to do in the preseason because why would you why right would you're you? gonna have him get hurt you're gonna show a bunch of plays that like of course you're going to use but like why put that on tape and so it's like okay so now we're really just coming off of three going up to five and maybe even higher than that by the time game time rolls around because of a running back like didn't we just didn't we just spend a summer where there was zoom meetings talking about how run un, you know running backs were undervalued etc cetera, etc cetera? <laughs> like I'm sorry, like I can't, I can't get there with this number, and I can't drop the Colts' rating because their rating wasn't particularly high in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there isn't really anything from the Jags here. I mean, the Calvin Ridley thing is all right. I drafted him in fantasy, I guess. Like I didn't feel great about it, even though he's I'm a gambler, exact same thing for sure. I dropped him. Don't feel was, good about it. <laughs> he's kind of like the guy left over. And I was like, I don't know, Calvin Ridley. I guess you need a wide receiver. So, so I just look at it and I go like, yeah, like. There's also, you know, if you like your trends, right, like one of the kind of most most famous one is the home underdog in a divisional game. And this is kind of, I think, the only example where that comes in. And that's obviously telling you Colts, Colts, Colts. I think it's something like 15 and two in the last like handful of years here. Maybe it's the last decade or so. Right. And so it doesn't come out very often. We get that here with with the Colts. You know, there's kind of enough things here to tell me that this is probably a point to a point and a half too high and that the trend, even if it was plus three and a half, would lead you to the Colts anyway. And again, from a football standpoint, I can kind of make sense of it when it comes to Anthony Richardson and sort of deploying that offense in in kind of a better way than we saw in the preseason. Because in the preseason, you're just going to throw the football a lot. And, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the dangerous thing um, when it comes to Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, I'll take the Colts in this one. But I'm kind of hoping for a better number. Have, I, have we explained the card yet for the people that watch the YouTube videos that might be new to the YouTube videos? The card or the flag or whatever prop happens to be beside me on my we desk. Siren, because it has to be audio too, right? <laughs> that is true. I've been asking that for a true. siren for years. We can't can get the actually, budget from the big wigs up top. Like, right? You know? you know, maybe I'll talk to the clutch points people and, and figure that out. Maybe they could send me a flag or something that we wave with some sound effects or something that come up. But you know, I've switched would- my pick. That's a long preamble for me saying this is another example of talking something out, listening, and coming out the other end more informed and being comfortable enough to switch said pick. Again, I want people to focus in on what's going on on this podcast because, again, this is how it rolls. We come out. I'll make a pick. We talk it through. Hey, here we are. I said I don't feel good about taking the Jags minus five, laying five points on the road. So here we are. Pick switched. Colts plus five at home. Let's keep the train moving, though, as we go to the Dolphins at the Chargers. Chargers are three-point favorites at home. And first off, I'll start by saying it's the start of the season, so I know that Tua is healthy. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a big part of this as we talk about the Dolphins each and every week. That's going to be the first question is Tua healthy. As long as Tua is healthy, I'm going to love Miami's offense. The Chargers, yes, we love their offense, but I want to see what it's going to be like with Kellen Moore. How different is it going to be? Are they going to unleash, as you like to say, Justin Herbert, as the people have been waiting to see Justin Herbert fully and really just unleashed? Either way, the big thing here, plus three, Miami. I really like Miami this season. And one of the things I love most about Sundays is the wild and crazy ways that the four o'clocks roll around and at around, what, 635, the Chargers are charging <laughs> and they're finding some way to not cover the spread <laughs> or to blow a lead or Justin Fields, Justin Fields, wow. Justin Herbert is driving down the field trying to cover. My point is it's all chaos. Does Kellen Moore calm a bunch of that down? We'll see. I'll need some time to see that. But until then, give me the Miami Dolphins plus three at the Chargers. And I almost yeah. said San Diego. And, and honestly, it's been how many years and I still do the same thing. Uh, I don't have a ton on this, right? Like this was, uh, it's funny, that, right? The Dolphins were actually, a, I believe they were a road favorite in this game last year. And so my only concern with the Dolphins is how well the Chargers defense, Brandon Staley, um, they forced Tua Tagovailoa to throw the ball to the outside, and he wasn't really able to do it. And so that's my only concern here. I jumped on the Chargers minus two and a half. Again, that doesn't really do anybody any good because I wouldn't bet them minus three. And honestly, I don't really have a problem with you <laughs> betting on them, uh, betting on the Dolphins plus three because I like Tango Vailoa. I don't know that I don't know why he's gone necessarily so low in fantasy football drafts. I like him to win uh, to potentially throw for the most passing yards this season. Uh, and so I, you know, I'm not going to step in front of this. I just I have the Chargers for a small bet. Again, back in May when it was minus two and a half. And I was like, kind of think that line should be three. Now that it's three, honestly, I kind of think there's some value on the Dolphins. And that's kind of how like thin the, the Razor's edge here is for me on uh, on how I feel about this game. So by far, a I think, honestly, probably the game I'm most interested to watch, especially yeah. relative to how little money I'm going to actually have on it. Yeah, there's going to be lots to learn about what happens with these two teams. And yes, the potential for overreaction because Tyreek Hill is just running amok in the secondary. Uh, let's keep things moving here as we go to the Bengals at the Browns. we got a good old divisional battle here. The Bengals, two and a half point favorites in Cleveland. Um, I don't like this, but I, I'm leaning on the Browns and I don't like this. I really don't. Uh, Joe Burrow and company, though. I remember them starting off slow last year and everyone overreacting to them starting off slow and wondering what's wrong. And now we're heading into this season and my guy's banged up in the preseason and not that he needs to do much in the preseason because my guy still got paid or is about to get paid. Did he get paid? Did I miss that? I think he's about to get paid. I think he's about to get paid, right? Anyways, the point is Joe Burrow is going to be in the lineup. Everything will be fine. Nobody cares about the preseason, but this is more I'm really interested to see what the Browns are going to be about. Is your man's – I sorry, I can't the, – the your man's thing that I do where it's definitely not <laughs> your man's, I cannot do that about Deshaun Watson. Wow. So I take that back. That's not what I'm surprised I you said the, I, I'm surprised I you said the man's name. I thought I, we, I, I wasn't sure if we had still – we were still on a uh, – It's it's really hit or miss. It's really I, hit or you miss. You know, there are things I want to call him, but I can't. I think For sure. I like it's really hit like, or miss like his first season back with 
the Browns. Well, that was all miss, I think. In fact, I think we should call him the miscreant from now on. I don't think wow. we can get sued for calling him a miscreant, right? Wow. Could, there's things that we could say that are far more, they start with P, for example, um, and other such things. But yeah, I think miscreant is probably a fair mm. sort of assessment based on allegations. One. Okay. And it was a miss last season. So maybe it's a miss with two. Definitely was. The one thing I do know, though, Cleveland's defense is probably still really good. You know, they always do that quite well. Um, But yeah, the Bengals, I'm anticipating them to have another slow start. I'm not saying that, you know, they lose this game, but I think it'll be close. I would have liked, I would love to take the Browns at plus three. I would love to do that, but it's not at three. And that's how Vegas gets you. But I'm on the Browns at plus <laughs> well, two and a half. Well, and it should be mentioned that, you know, you mentioned your record at the start of the season, right? And there was a lot of pushes in there at plus 10. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because we'll come on in the show and we'll be like, okay, I like this bet. But like, I think we can get a better number. And so a lot of those, most of those, if not all of those plus 10s, we're probably wins, right? But because, you, you know, you're an honorable gentleman, you got a grade based on the fact that we're talking about this, you know, midweek. This is one where, like, we're, you know, there is a, if there's at least a little bit of worry that Joe Burrow is not ready to go, like, what do we have left in the, in, in the lead-up to this game, right? It's practices, mm-hmm. it's designations, it's probably Joe Burrow getting a full bill of health here. And then, like, that's the sort of trigger potentially to go to three. And so I think it's possible that you get plus three. And so that's why, like, betting is different than just picking, right? And you can sit and you can wait till Sunday at 12.59 and be like, okay, boom, I got the plus three. Maybe you have to pay minus 115. Honestly, I think when it comes to, pl- to you know, the key number of three, minus 120 is okay. It's kind of the only situation in a lot of ways where I'm looking to actually sort of pay that price to get to that number, but especially on a, you know, listen, divisional matchup. You've got kind of home underdog, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, like let's just wait yep. and see if you can get the plus three. And But otherwise, I don't love this game in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not going to like talk you out of that. I'm not going to say, you know, like, yeah, we're doing it with the Browns money line or anything like that. Browns money line is always a little bit interesting because of like speaking of hashtag trends, uh, you know, how well they've done against the Bengals recently. A lot of those games are sort of like, you know, Monday, Sunday night type games where it's like prime time, like, every you know, uh, everybody load up here. Again, I got to see it from Deshaun Watson to be more excited about betting on the Browns here at any point in time. Or yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And and there's going to be a lot of interesting games to watch and see what the uh, either improvement might be from some teams or where it might be they are who we thought they were type thing from one season yeah. to the next. And yeah, that's a lot of week one and a lot of early in the season, if we're being honest here. Um I'm being honest about this game as well because it's kind of the same. You got the Titans at the Saints. Saints are at home, three-point favorites. And the Saints are always, you know, pretty good home team. But one of the big things we talked about last week was the sneaky sneak potential of the Titans to be that sleepy sleep team this season. Not a lot of people talking about them, but we know what Vrabel does. We know because you talked about it and you educated us on last week's pod about just the fact that they were super banged up last year. Now we head into this season and I just feel like I can't lay three points with the saints. I need to see Derek Carr and what Derek Carr looks like with the saints before I'm laying a field goal or more 
with the New Orleans Saints against a team that I think will be decent. And I say decent, you'll have the actual like rating number to back up what I say is a decent team. But I mean, laying three points for Derek Carr and the Saints, I need to see it first. So give me Tennessee plus the points. Yeah. Uh, no notes. Love it. Uh, <laughs> if you want my notes, listen to the AFC podcast to hear what I had to say about the Titans and the fact that I like them a little bit more and the NFC podcast, you know, talking about the saints and how I think that like, listen, it's, it's Dennis Allen and it's Dennis Allen against Mike Vrabel and Mike Vrabel is the one getting points here. Right. Like this isn't all that complicated. They might not win. Right. But like, I'm pretty solid, like, with this bet. And, you know, there were some three and a half. So it's down to three. You can pretty much get plus three even money um, in most places. So you're not even paying the juice on plus three. Kind of wait and see if we'll get that three and a half back. But, yeah, like, again, I don't know. Everybody's so down on the Titans. And, again, it's because they're not all that interesting. And even if you had them rated at, like, you know, uh, an average team, like, this number's fair, my ratings, put it this way, the market ratings suggest that the point spread actually should be higher. My ratings suggest that the point, sh- point spread should be a little bit lower. That should tell you all you need to know about how I feel about the Saints relative to, t- relative to how I feel about the Titans. So it's kind of a perfect storm here. You know, sometimes in week one, you get the team you like against the other team that you like, or you get the team you hate against the other team that you hate. That's not what this situation is, right? <laughs> this is the team that we like a little bit against the team that we don't like a lot. And we're getting points. This is fantastic spot here uh, for us from a betting standpoint. Uh, yeah, give me the Titans plus three. Yeah, Titans plus three. Let's go. Let's keep things moving here. As we talk about taking points, which I feel like is a theme that I like to kind of live by, especially early on in the season as we're figuring out some things here. Um, and this one, I will be honest with you, I feel kind of weird taking the points here because I really don't know how to feel about this team. But we got the Falcons at home. Falcons are three and a half point favorites against the Panthers. And Carolina, I don't really know how to feel about them. That's what I'm talking about here. This is a team that, I mean, which way are they going? Are they going up? Are they going down? Are like Frank Wright is being praised as being, you know, the QB whisperer. And he's the one that's come in to save the day and I really don't know what to think about the Panthers, but I do know that going back to what I said a couple picks earlier, I do know that I'm not laying over a field goal with the Falcons. I just need to see that first. I want to see it. I'm not saying that the Panthers are good. I'm not saying that the Falcons are bad. I'm just saying laying that many points with the Falcons, I got to see it first because what is their offense going to be this year? Who knows? For the past two years, we've seen Corderell Patterson running crazy all over the place. And that hasn't sure. been a bad thing. I'm just saying, yeah. what? <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, listen, man. Like, I w- My counter to that is, like, at least they have a plan, right? And I just have never, like, from basically sure. what I've seen from Frank Reich over the years is, like, I still don't really know what that guy's plan has been <laughs> and he somehow got a second head coaching job despite getting fired mid-season and got replaced by jeff saturday and so you know if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this you're going man there aren't a lot of dogs here you and i don't talk about the games before we go come on here we don't talk about the no. order in which that we're going to you know talk about the games and i think i've literally talked about the underdog or at least yeah i think it's been the underdog all the way through here so this isn't sort of <laughs> this was not on purpose by any stretch of the imagination this is one where I think you're safe to lay the points. I think the Falcons Ooh. beat the brakes off of the Panthers this week. Okay. I think they are a sneaky survivor team for those of you who are in that sort of game. I think there's, and if you want to kind of look for clues in the marketplace, I mean, see some of these, you know, plus three and a halves where 
or the minus two and a half that have kind of gravitated to three or the threes that have come off two. like Hudsmakers are pretty cool, man. If you take Carolina plus three and a half, like they're just laying it out there going like, knock yourself out. Right. People love taking plus three and a half. I love take taking plus three and a half. You know, with this Panthers team, man, I think the Falcons, listen, I don't think that they're like good. I don't think they're amazing. You know, I don't think they're like some, some lock to win the division. I don't even think they're all that valuable at plus 200 to win the division. But I'm pretty sure Carolina absolutely stinks, and I think they're going to stink <laughs> on Sunday. And I think the Falcons, the fact that they have a plan, like will allow them to win this game 24-10, you know what I mean? Something like that. We are like, yeah, okay, they got 24 points. And, you know, maybe it was close for a little while there, but, like, no. Like, this is one where you can you can just give out a few points here to Carolina because they're not going to take them. I'm waving the flag again. I'm waving the flag again. That is a converted pick. And if you notice, and you've been paying attention to this pod, a lot of the things that when I'm getting converted, it's because I'm involved. Like, you don't have to talk me into it too difficult to go against a bad team. Sure. I could be, be yeah. easily convinced. Taking points is one thing. When it's only three and a half and you might be the worst team in the league, that's a horrible right. situation. I could be talked out of riding with the Carolina Panthers, you know? Because one of the things I love, though, one of the things I love is every Sunday when you're watching games and you're watching either your picks go one way or the other, one of the things I always like to think of is which side do you want to be on? You're sitting there. Say. Like whether it's Sunday or like eight weeks from now, and let's say the Falcons are in the division hunt, which Mm -hmm. sort of everybody and their dog seems to think that's going to be the case again, debatable might be because the division's just kind of that garbage. But like, if I told you eight weeks from now, 16, 16 weeks from now, it's like, yeah, the Falcons won the NFC South. It was still, it was pretty trashy division. And Carolina has like the third pick overall because they won four games. You'd be like, yeah, okay. And then I told you, like, hey, remember week one where it was minus three and a half in Atlanta? You'd be like, yeah, like, I probably should have really bet the hell out of that game, shouldn't I? Because those two results, Falcons win division or at least competitive in the division, and Panthers are kind of a bottom five, bottom three team, are not that far-fetched in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's super interesting how that stuff plays out for Sure. I'm interested to see how things will be playing out for this new squad with the new coach. And that would be the Denver Broncos. We're at home as three and a half point favorites hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I can't lie to you. I can't lie to you at all. In this instance, never have. we're just talking about laying three and a half points and not liking laying three and a half points. Do you know what I really don't like laying three and a half points? When on the eve of the season, a report comes out in which the head coach is calling out the star quarterback who just got paid a lot of money, basically calling him out for being too focused on Russ Inc. Is that the quote? I might be misquoting that. But the point is, doesn't sound like Sean Payton's feeling your man's Russell Wilson too much here. And if that's the case here, I don't know. I just feel like that's a weird flex to start the season. And all the talk about Stidham being there and yeah. how he might be rolling with Stidham late. Like, none of this is a good sign for a good start to the season. And definitely not a good sign for me laying over a field goal with said Broncos in a divisional matchup. So for that reason, I'm reluctantly going to be on the Las Vegas Raiders at plus three and a half points. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about the Raiders, but I'm right there with you, man. Like I said, I think I've mentioned it, you know, when you talked about it in the ASC uh, conference preview, it's like 
Are we positive about Sean, Sean Payton? Are we positive about Sean Payton without Drew Brees? Because if this is just Sean Payton with like kind of a pedestrian quarterback, like we saw that at the end. We saw that when Drew Brees was a pedestrian quarterback at the end of his career. And so like, I could kind of see this being like him walking in being like, Oh my God, this is Drew Brees. But like the last two years of Drew Brees only, I also got to deal with a bunch of other BS. And like, honestly, the thing to like most about Sean Payton might be the fact that he might hate Russell Wilson. Like, I like that a lot about Sean Payton, if that's the case, right? I like that more than, like, any of sort of, like, the resume that Sean Payton allegedly brings in to this team, which I think has this line, you know, we're at very least getting an extra half point because of the Sean Payton's going to clean it all up concept, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, of course, you talk about, like, the Broncos getting, you know, having a bunch of injuries and not being at full strength. And by by the way, the Raiders beat them both times last season anyway, right? And so it's like, okay, like, this might just be too kind of garbage teams and those two games where the Raiders won. I mean, those probably could have gone either way. There was, I you know, believe an overtime game and another game that was closer than the score. Well, like that's kind of the point, right? I think this game is, these games are just going to be close. I like the Raiders money line here as just like, honestly, a value play of over plus plus one fifty. but yeah, plus three and a half. There's some plus fours out there. I'll take that. Like this line should be three, but people, again, they're obsessed with Sean Payton. That's one of the things this season where it's just like, Yo, are we sure it, there's reason enough here for you guys to be liking Sean Payton so much out here on the streets? And it's like, I'm just not there with it. I remember watching a ton of Sean Payton games with the Saints, even at their sort of best, and being like, man, I feel like he's kind of screwing us up. And my guy you know, didn't win the NFC for, what, a decade after making the Super Bowl in 2009. So, yeah, uh, I'll take the Raiders here. Listen, it's not comfortable, but it's it's not Russell Wilson laying points. Yeah, so it's, I'm cool it- with him. It's also like Sean Payton just doing too much this offseason. Like, chill out, my dude, and stop talking to the media or people who you think might not link these stories to the media. Figure it out, man. I don't know what my guy's deal is, but he is not serious right now. Um, or I was going to quote, uh, what is it? They are not serious people. Is that the uh, they're unserious? Yeah. They're unserious people. Yes. Yeah. Um, the speaking of. Boy. Speaking of, we got the Bucks at the Vikings, and yeah, I don't know these two these two teams. Yeah, the Vikings. I feel like there's a lot of slander involving the the Vikings this season, and I know they lost or they won a bunch of close games last year, so people are expecting a regression. Six Mm -hmm. points is a lot. It really is a lot. But I'm really curious as to (laughs) the Bucks scoring points here. Um. How is that really going to go down? I'm not really sure. I'm not feeling dangerous enough to take Baker Mayfield, even though it's, you know, it's six points. And if you've been following the trend here, there's been a lot of dogs being taken. There's a lot of points being taken, especially when, you know, it's above a field goal. But with that said, I'm on Minnesota laying six points. So the first, like, sentence that you said there was – the Vikings won a lot of close games last year. So like their entire resume was based on winning close games. Mm-hmm. And you want to lay six points with the Vikings on the idea that not only are they going to win more close games this season, they're going to win games by margin. They're going to win these games comfortably. Like I, I can't imagine how that, that how that, makes sense or how that's a good idea now listen i understand the idea it's like it's probably more of a fade of the of the buccaneers and all of that sort of thing 
But honestly, I just think the Buccaneers, like we've gone too far with hating the Buccaneers. And I think their defense is probably going to be pretty good. And if you're going to, if you have this many veteran players on defense, like the earlier, the better, right? Last year, mm-hmm. they, they, they shut the Cowboys down to three points. I promise you, I promise you, you speaking of lies and, 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 and being truthful, promise you they cover plus six if they only give up three points against the Vikings. Okay. But you said, how are they going to score? Well, the Vikings defense isn't any good. Like Daniel Jones is walking through them a couple of different times last year. And I know Oof. people may be a little bit more higher than on Daniel Jones, but like they couldn't stop anybody, right? The Jets were going up and down the, the field. And again, they kept winning those games. And it's like, yeah, okay. I don't think they're going to, I shouldn't say I don't think they're going to win. I really like the Bucks as a plus 215, plus 220 money line play here. Because again, if that regression hits, it might hit in game one. But I'm certainly not looking to lay any points with the Vikings. Because like you said, their entire resume is built on the idea that if they win, they just barely do it. This has Kirk Cousins trying to win the game late, frantic drives. You know, we don't love Todd Bowles, but like Todd Bowles can come up with a defense over the last three weeks that he's had to prepare for this game. That brackets Justin Jefferson and that gets to Kirk Cousins. And if I was making a wild prediction, maybe knocks Kirk Cousins out of the game. You know what's interesting about this? I feel like every year, and I, I'm bringing up the flag again, the sirens are going off, the pick has been changed, Tampa Bay plus six. I feel like what happens to me here, and this might happen, I try to speak for the Joe public here, right? The people listening to the pod that are making their bets on a you know game-by-game game basis or maybe need a little info before they make their picks. I feel like each and every year, there's certain things that I need to remind myself about. And when I see things that are odd, I'm thinking, now, why is this line that much? And my initial thought was, oh, well, they must know something that I don't, that the Vikings are being underrated and the Bucks are going to be really bad. But in reality, in reality, the reminder comes that, oh, no, the line is this for suckers like me that will look at that and be like, what do you mean? The Bucks are going to be really bad. They don't have this guy. They got Baker and the Vikings. They were good last year. Look at their record last year. Like the easy pinpoint things that make it simple to say, oh yeah. And it's by a touchdown. Of course they can win by a touchdown instead well, of the reverse. And it was six that. and a half. Right. And so like I was sitting here, I haven't made a bet on this game because I was sitting here going like, we got, we're going to get seven, right? Somebody's going to get this up to seven. I can get seven <laughs> with the bucks, right? I can get seven. And like lines only move on by and large on injury or like massive, you know, financial siding, right? Mm-hmm. Or the odds makers just being like, I think we're too high. And like, we're going to get smoked at plus six and a half. Like the point is, is like six and a half was enough for somebody to come in and be like, you know what? I'm not even waiting for seven. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not waiting for seven. I got to get six and a half. Like, give me that six and a half right this second. And so like, it kind of tells you, man, like there's some like low level market influence here that kind of likes the Buccaneers and like put me under that category, man. Give me the bucks here. Yeah. As I said, here we are. The Bucks plus six is the pick. The pick has been changed. And a reminder, too, to make sure for the people that just tune into the pod, you jump in in the middle, you're scrolling through. I give the pick at the beginning. I can be convinced. The pick gets switched at the end. I'll always let you know what the final pick is at the end of our conversation. So make sure you're paying attention to the full conversation. That is a key to viewing and listening to this podcast. The other key that I like to bring up all the time is what to do with double digit spreads. 
We got the Baltimore Ravens at home as 10 point favorites against the Houston Texans. And the bit that I always like to run on this pod is my initial move is to take the points when it's double digits points and have Matt talk me out of why I should be taking the points. And I'll be honest, I, I touched on it on the other pod that we did last week. Houston Texans, a team that year after year, I'll ride with them because they're always getting the slander of being double-digit uh, underdogs. And they don't win games, but they cover spreads. Is that going to be different this year? Oh, I, this is tough, right? Like, <laughs> that was this a deep year, sigh, my dude. Yeah, That was a deep it, sigh. <laughs> well, honestly, the, the, the short version is like not this week, but like maybe in the future, right? Okay. Because okay. this went from nine and a half to ten. Which again sort of tells you people are like nine and a half, not high enough. We got to get this thing to 10. So if there's some nine and a halfs out there, absolutely bet it. I don't have a bet on. I didn't get in on the nine and a half just because, like you, like I'm not tripping over myself to lay points in the NFL. And by the time I sort of even considered hitting the button, it kind of got out, you know, out, out, out to 10. Yeah. I think the Ravens, if there's one team where you go, listen, there's no such thing as sleepers anymore in the NFL, right? Like this isn't like, 10, 15 years ago, you're like, who's your sleeper team? You could actually come up with one. We've dissected basically every team imaginable. I would say if there's a sleeper among us, right, it might be like the Titans, for example, right? Like where it's like a team where you have, you know, they're rated kind of below average. And if they had another kind of wacky 13 and four season, you'd be like, oh, Mike Vrabel, right? He's at it again. The Ravens are the sleeper team to go from like, where are they right now? A nine and a half, 10 win team, essentially, to like winning 15 games. And just beating the brakes off of a team and winning a game like this 42 to 10, right? Where just everything goes right. You know, Lamar's healthy, he's running around, he's throwing the ball, the defense is good, et cetera, et cetera. CJ Stroud is just kind of not ready for prime time. And like, by the way, that would be kind of in tune with every other Ohio State quarterback by and large, right? Like, it doesn't usually go well. The, and this is not anything against Ohio State. The whole point is like, have a system where the quarterback, quarterback excels. And it's just the problem is it doesn't really work once they get to the NFL. Like, this is just a really terrible situation for C.J. Stroud. This game could get out of hand. I don't mind taking the favorite here. You know, in the category of, like, why haven't they taken more favorites? This is certainly one that I would take along with Atlanta, along with a couple of more that we have to come here. And honestly, some of the games that I'm like, yeah, I mean, kind of could go either way. Like, maybe that's a spot to back a favorite. And, of course, I mentioned the Chargers minus two and a half is a favorite that I'm on. But, again, now that it's three, I don't mind the underdog. So just to sort of clear that up. Yeah, this one, this could, this could get, this could get weird pretty quick. Yeah, and um, changing the key right now, live as we speak. Or sorry, I shouldn't say they're, <laughs> I should say they're scrambling in the control room. Control room, to change it right, like yeah. you know, our staff of hundreds behind the scenes now yeah. scrambling to change the pick so that the pick reads that it will be Baltimore minus ten. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that game and seeing how uh lamar's gonna do you know you could see this being the blowout odell running free and being all happy and the overreaction to the ravens being the best team in the league yeah let's go i could i mean it might not even be an overreaction too that's the thing that's what i mean by like this just might be the sleeping giant where you're looking at it going like man they were 15 and 2 like this like didn't see that coming there's a lot of 15 and 2s you can see coming right obviously the top rated teams in the league but like like, what if the what if the Ravens were? Wouldn't be that crazy for me. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Would it be crazy if one of the fifteen and two teams were the Packers or Bears? 
That is a question. For, no, I'm joking. Probably. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Packers at the Bears. A good old divisional matchup here. And what I want to know is we, this is a pick'em game, right? This is a pick'em game. We talked about this division last week and about the Packers, so I think we kind of know which side you'll be leaning here. I think um, yep. I'm on Green Bay here in the pick'em game, and I love this because it's two teams that I really want to see face off early because I feel like I'll learn a lot about them <laughs> early. Right. And we talked about Justin Fields and what he's going to be. Is there an improvement? Obviously, Jordan Love. We want to see what he's going to be like, but it's a pick'em game. Keep it simple. At this point, we're on the Packers. We discussed it last week. Listen to the yeah. pod. Do your research. <laughs> yeah. And I, again, here comes, like, you know, past post guy in. Like, this is plus three when people were going nuts over the Bears back in May, right? And, like, this has come all the way down to essentially a pick them here or, you know, plus one here because I think you got Bears minus one up on the board there. So, I mean, maybe that comes into play. Maybe it doesn't. Like, this, is this again, falls in the category of the Steelers where it's like I'm just going to take the team that I have that I like more than the other team, especially in division. Like, you know, if the Packers are going to win the division, they should probably start by beating the Bears. I think they do. So, yeah, give me give me the Packers here. Speaking of divisional matchups, we got the Rams and the Seahawks. People who are familiar with the pod over the past years know we talk about the merry-go-round or roller coaster ride that is the NFC West, and this team can beat that team, but that team beats this team. And we might be over that yeah. a little bit. We might yeah. be like Enough pretty close to that, especially <laughs> considering where the cards are, which we'll get to in a bit. Yep. But the Rams at Seahawks, the Rams played the Seahawks tough last year. As of this point right now, Matthew Stafford is healthy-ish. Cooper Cup is healthy-ish. Um, the Seahawks are at home and favored by five points. This is going to be one much like we talked earlier with the, what was it, Colts and Jags, where the spread is like, hmm, this is interesting. My yeah. initial take here is I'm on the Rams. The Rams plus five, give me the points. But I do see a world in which you might be trying to talk me out of this. Yeah, and I am. Uh, it, all, <laughs> it all comes down to Cooper Cup, right? And like, yes. you know, and again, this is speaking of information that I wish we knew last week, or, or you know, I wish you had told me yesterday, Matt. Is you know, we talked about Cooper Cup and the idea that like, if the Rams score a touchdown, they might all be from Cooper Cup. And then I think like two days later, he re-injured his hamstring and is like seeing specialists. And you never want to see a specialist, right? That's just no. In in your life. You never want to see a specialist. It's not like, good. You can go, you know, over lifetime with the seeing specialists. Like you've done some, you've done some good work. Uh, yeah, give me the Seahawks here. I'm surprised that like the writing isn't on the wall here. That like anytime these guys, meaning Stafford, Donald, or Cup, have like kind of even the slightest ailment, and, I sh- and I'm not saying this is a slight ailment. This might be a significant ailment. They're probably just going to sit them because this just kind of feels like a why are we bothering type season for, for the Rams or certainly for those guys. Yeah. And I think Seattle's going to be really good. Now, the only thing that kind of keeping this line down is like maybe the idea that like Jamal Adams isn't ready to come back yet. But again, that's not a guy who played last season for the most part. You know, for outside of a couple of snaps and and witherspoon is not ready to play but again that's not a guy that they had last season right that was one of their first round picks and so like i think the offense is still going to be good against a rams defense that i don't think is going to be good and i like the seahawks defense we talked about that last week with the with the idea that they might be you know might have some value as the uh, nfc west division winner 
So I'm going to, why would I start, you know, it's kind of the, you know, same sort of premise here. Like it's, you know, it's sometimes five feels a lot of, like a lot of points. In this case, I don't think it's going to feel like a lot of points here. I think the Seahawks win this game comfortably on the assumption that Cooper Cup is not going to play. And honestly, if he does, I don't think the line like moves down drastically. So I don't think you really lost out on anything by betting this minus five on the Seahawks right now. The pick has been changed again. This is another one where the pick has changed and it's about information, right? Cause there's times where it's like, oh yeah, that happened. And this is the beauty, the luxury that I have when I'm making my picks is I get good reminders live. I try to play the role of the listener, the viewer here that might be like, oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Cooper cup and the specialist. That's not a place that I want to be. And Matt Stafford, shout out to Matt Stafford and his wife (laughs) telling everyone on her podcast that he's having trouble connecting to all the young kids in their locker room. Like, is that really what you want to hear when your team's already struggling? Oh, man. And I mean, talk about young guys in the room. There could be a young guy that happens to be at USC right now that they might want in their room next year. And so that might also be a reason why you would sit Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald, or Matthew Stafford, if they have, you know, the slightest little tweak. Just saying, not condoning tanking, but I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. I'm condoning tanking. What are you doing? (laughs) It's absolutely tank. What are you talking about? Yes, condone. (laughs) Well played. I don't condone these two teams. I'm not even going to lie to you here. The cards at the Commanders. Commanders at home laying seven points against the cards. That is a lot of points, and I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about this this game because I'm on the Commanders laying the seven points. Is is there anything you'd like to add to that? No. Like, I got a minus (laughs) five and a half. Again, congratulations me, but, like, I'm going to tell you to lay minus seven now. No. I'm going to tell you to take plus seven with you know clayton toon like no like, that's not a real person that's a real person man clayton toon is not a real person this week yeah i refuse to believe that that's I a human being that is a this, human being what i will say is and spoiler alert for my survivor column coming out uh probably thursday uh commanders when else are you going to use them that's i mean the the, the column might be Woo! one sentence but like the the sentence is commanders you know war what is it good for commanders when else are you going to use them? Wow. Absolutely never. Huh. That is a ballsy pick. I, I kind of like that, though. I'm kind of digging that. Okay. 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 Um, Digging this Sunday nighter. I got to be honest as well here. We got the Cowboys on the road in New York. Cowboys three and a half point favorites on the road. Normally, I do not love taking more than a field goal between these NFC East teams. Normally, I do not like going against the home dog that is obviously getting points. But one of the things I talked about, not buying the Giants, man. The Giants had a good run last year. They, you know, won a bunch of games towards the end close. They're they're scrappy. They're a real scrappy squad. And I get that. And shout mm-hmm. out to Dable. He's brought in a culture and an attitude. And I appreciate all that. All but I'm on the Cowboys laying three and a half points here. (laughs) I I just think the Cowboys, like their offense is ready to go. Dak is healthy. Again, when I could get some of these dudes healthy and I know they're going to be healthy because it's the start of the season. That's when I like to take them. Um, Here we are. Tony Pollard fully unleashed as Zeke's finally out of here and gone. Let's go. I want to see how this rolls here. And I, I feel like this is one of the lines that I just was talking about a little earlier where they put it at three and a half to try to trick me. 
I'm not falling for it <laughs> on the Cowboys. I'm laying the three and a half points. Yeah. So, okay. Listen, I can sit here and tell you about Detroit plus seven and, you know, all these, you know, Chargers minus two and a half and Green Bay plus three and Pittsburgh plus three, all these great lines that I got. Right. And then the second category and all of that is like, oh, I missed out on Baltimore minus nine and a half, which I don't even think I have, to be honest with you. I think there's some nine and a half out there. Or like I missed out on this or I'm waiting on this. Then there's the category of the one where I was just, I swung and I missed. And it, meaning that I was on the wrong side of the move. I took Giants plus three way back when, Ooh. only to see this go up to as high as four. And so I grabbed a little more at plus four. And mm. like, and I don't even know if I really like it that much. It's more yeah. just like, honestly, kind of a numbers play for me because I think three is the right number in my, in, in my estimation. And I wanted to, when I took that plus three, I wanted to get the plus three before it went down to two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it went the other way. So, you know, I could I could admit when I, you know, the, the, the line has gone the wrong way on me here. Now, maybe I get sort of bailed out with a with a Cowboys three-point win or, listen, maybe the Giants win or, or, you know, lose by one or two here. But, you know, like that's where I sit with it. And again, I don't have some like amazing, you know, tale to tell you about how I think the Giants have a chance. I just know, that, you know, listen, like a lot of people are kind of high on the Giants offense in the second year with Dable. Mm-hmm. And I go like... Okay, and there was a time when I wasn't that psyched about the the Cowboys, but then I look, you know, more and more into the Cowboys, especially relative to the Eagles, and I go, okay, I don't know there's, that there's that much difference between those two teams, and so I start liking the Cowboys a lot more, and then I find myself like, oh wait a minute, you have a bet on the Giants, <laughs> like in week one, and you're sitting there going, like, all right, well one thing's <laughs> gonna work out here, right? Either they get a big road win, you know, the Cowboys get a big road win, and we're at least sort of maybe one step closer to like the Cowboys being good. And then the other thing is maybe I just win on a Giants bet here. So I don't know. Like I don't, yeah, I'm a bit lost when it comes to this game, obviously when it comes to like reading the market and stuff, which, you know, given how well I did over the course of the summer with the other ones, it's like, yeah, some, sometimes you're going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. And this one I got wrong. So we'll see what happens when it comes to actually playing football games. Yeah. Sunday night, it, like it's just going to be so great on Sunday night because you've been fully just enjoying the first full day of football and then you get yeah. Giants Cowboys. It's like this is just beautiful. Great, great job, NFL. You just know how to suck us all in, right? Beautiful. Yes. Um yes. let's wrap things up here with Monday Nighter, yeah. which another great way to bring everybody in. You got Aaron Rodgers and the Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills. Monday night football. The Bills are two and a half point road favorites. I love this game so much because whatever happens, there will be wild overreactions on both sides. And I love that. I love those storylines where Stephen A's just ready on a Tuesday morning for this one to be yelling about something. But with that said, I'm on the bills here. It's under a field goal. I, I, I need to see the jets with Aaron Rodgers before I'm doing anything involving, you know, what side I want to be on in terms of backing the Jets. Um, I I really want to see how that plays out. There's been a lot of talk. There's a lot of hype. You know, my guy's been on a PR campaign in Hard Knocks about being like the nicest guy ever and, you know, this great teammate and all that. And we know that's not true. But I'm saying... I want to see what happens when these this team steps on the field. There's so many questions that need to be answered. What's the running game going to be like with Dalvin Cook? Can they get enough of a running game behind that crappy O-line? Can Aaron Rodgers get enough behind a crappy O-line? All of these things I want to see about the New York Jets before I bet on them. So I'll be on the Buffalo Bills as long as I'm getting under a field goal. 
let's go. Okay. Just realize I never changed the key. I was, yeah, I was waiting. I was waiting for the unveiling. Yeah, there we go. Um, I don't have a bet on this game just yet. This mm-hmm. is one where when it was, it, it opened like pick them, like kind of like leaning towards the bills, like a minus one, like that kind of thing. And it was sort of like, God, really? Like you think the Jets like are pick them against the bills. And then like the, you know, you start, I start looking at the bills a little bit more and I'm just like, man, I was never really all that sold on the bills last year. And now I'm going to take them on a, on the road as a road favorite. And then Von Miller sort of ruled out for the start of the season. And he was kind of the key, right? We talked about this last year throughout the playoffs where it's like, okay, if the bills can't get a pass rush, what are we really talking about here with this team? And so, yeah, the Jets' offensive line might stink, but like we kind of thought that about the Bengals' offensive line in that playoff game last year because they were starting a bunch of second stringers and the Bills couldn't get any pass rush on them either. And it's Aaron Rodgers back there. So it's not like a seven step drop, like whatever. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to get the ball out quickly if he needs to. And so I look at this and I go, like, why is this number going away? As in, like, it's going up to Buffalo minus two and a half. And, like, by the time Monday rolls around, are we going to get three? At which point, I have to, you know, as much as I'm, like, not psyched about the Jets this season, I'm going to take the Jets plus three in that circumstance. Now, moreover, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, I can the only sort of, you know, actionable advice I can give you right now is, like, we've talked a lot about some two and a half, you know, a lot about a lot of two and a half point favorites. And what do we do when we get the old two point two and a half point favorites, especially in sort of games that we like think are going to be close, maybe some low scoring games, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe the offenses aren't necessarily cooking. We tease them up. So we got Jets plus eight and a half. Maybe that's something that you might be interested in, right? We've got uh, what Browns plus two and a half. Maybe that's something you might be interested in. Steelers mm-hmm. plus eight feels like a phenomenal tease play. In, <laughs> Even you know, I like that one. <laughs> Even I like that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, damn, okay. Uh, like that one a lot. Um, you know, and honestly, like, I wish there were more sort of minus sixes that I would like to take down, but I don't trust the Vikings to win as a minus six. Like, that's got teaser destruction written all over it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the maybe the commanders are at minus seven that you could take down to minus one, right? We're all, again, if we're taking them in Survivor, we're hoping that it's a just-win situation for the commanders, which, again, I think is the best way to play that game. So, yeah, I think I think just, you know, this you know feels like a closer game, and if you can throw this together with a couple other six-point teaser legs to get it up over eight and a half, and then you can do that literally right now, and then you can wait by Monday, and if you get a little plus three on the Jets, maybe you add to, to you know, another bet there, and hopefully you have like a live teaser going into Monday night, and then maybe also a plus three. And of course, over at the score, we'll have some prop bets for Monday night as well for you on Monday morning. Well, we made it. We made it. We made it through all the yeah, games of week one. We are here. This is beautiful. I'm so happy to do this. I can't lie to you. In in like real life, I'm so tired right now. I'm about to have a nap as soon as we click click <laughs> off of this. The these morning uh, World Cup of basketball games. Woo! <laughs> it's been a trip, yeah. but so much excitement because the NFL is here. It's given me life. So I need more and more and more information as the games come quickly, so that I can be more informed, even more informed that we were on this pod. And in between time, as lines might change, where can I find out more information from you, Mr. Matt Russell? 
Yeah, Twitter handle at or X handle, I guess, at Mrus Authentic. And of course, over at the score and the score bet, most of my stuff gets tweeted out through there, but I retweet or send out everything that I write on a weekly basis. Let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. We had two college football articles a week, the big games of the week and the best bets of the week at the end of the week. In the NFL, we talk uh, survivor strategy. We talk the round robin underdog money line parlay, five underdogs to play three by five in hopes to uh, you know have a big windfall with a five out of five weekend, but at least a win on a three out of five weekend. Uh, my guy, Sam Ostry does the teaser bucket this season. He's taken that off my plate, but all that stuff is good as gold as well. And of course, we'll have our best bets, Thursday night football uh, best bets, as well as, of course, Sunday best bets, player props as well on Saturday for Sunday's games. And I think that it, that's it, even though I'm probably uh, forgetting something. Oh, and of course, we're going to have our, our look back at the week that was on uh, next Tuesday. We'll look back at week one's games, what happened with the marketplace, the ratings of all these teams, all the stuff that we talk about when it comes to ratings. We're going to actually have that. All those teams rated and ranked uh, next Tuesday. Yes, I love it. I love it. All the information that you could possibly need. And my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get this podcast. Again, it's called the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. I know you amongst your friends might be telling your friends already that, hey, Matt and Sheldon are doing a podcast, but it's on a different feed. Just remember where you can find it. Again, partner, partnering this year with Clutch Points. Great to be here. But the vibes still remain the same because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is a Clutch Picks Sports Betting Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, see ya.